Thank you again for viewing this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today or if you need somebody to pray with you, please let us know. You can also call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to check out River of Life Live this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions. Hello, and thank you for listening to this message from River of Life Church. If you enjoy this message, we want to encourage you to share it with a family member or a friend. Also, visit River of Life this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. For service times and directions, visit rolcrawfordville.com. That's rolcrawfordville.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. This is the only church I've ever been in where I have to catch my breath before I preach. Woo, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. Wow. Well, I'd like to invite once again all the men of the church who will join me here at the altar. We're going to bow down before the Lord and pray. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Boy, it is good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Oh, hallelujah. We're bowing before the Lord. Ah. I believe God does something special. Thank God for the godly women who have stood in the gap so many times when men wouldn't. I praise the Lord for that. But oh, I'm thankful for a church where men, where men lead out. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, I I am thankful for that. Uh, Brother Todd Meyer, would you take this mic and lead us in this prayer? I've already turned it on. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we humble ourselves before Thee. I see a great example kneeling before You right now, Heavenly Father. And I thank You for the men of the river of life to stand for You, Heavenly Father. I'm at a loss for words right now. Mm. Uh, We love You. We thank You. We ask You to give us direction, Heavenly Father, Lord. We ask that You open our eyes and allow us to see what You want us to see. In a world that is lost, Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask that you blind us to that devil. We ask that you uh, uh, allow us to keep our back turned to him and focused on your will, Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you for River of Life. We thank you so much for what you do for us in, in this house of worship, Heavenly Father. Lord, we ask blessings upon those that are lost. We witness today baptism, Heavenly Father. We witness those that uh, uh, asked you to be in their heart, Heavenly Father. And we ask that so many more go through that baptismal, Lord. We ask that they have the strength to come forward at the end of the service today, Lord. And just give uh, uh, just recognition to what you do in our lives. 
Lord, I thank you so much for what I see before me. And I'm humbled right now, as each and every man before you is humbled right now, Heavenly yes, Father. Yes, Lord. It's through your name I pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, church, I've attempted to do something that I think at least has the potential of being an overwhelming success. I have rewritten one of the old great songs of the faith. I am insulted by that laugh. Maybe one of the greatest songs ever written. You're familiar with it. The song Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Now, that is a great song. But you got to admit, it's outdated and old-fashioned. It, it really is. It doesn't line up with what people believe today. So I thought I would rewrite it and bring it up to date with the modern beliefs of our day. Rewrite it so that it will be, I hate to even say it, but I'm going to say it so it will be politically correct. Non-offensive. And, and so what I did, the first thing I did is I took out those unpleasant, you know, words. Those... Uh, those offensive and unpleasant words, like I took the word uh, wretch out. Who likes to be called a wretch? Nobody wants to be called. Or how about this? Lost and blind. You're a wretch that's lost and blind. Nobody likes that. So I decided to rewrite the song. Now, don't blame this on anybody else and be patient with me. But I decided at least the, the first part of the song anyway. So, uh, here it is. Priscilla, I want you to listen up. We may want to sing this sometime. <laughs> okay, here it is. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. But I don't need grace. I'm a good person to be around. Really, who needs grace? We're all going to a better place. Yeah. Yeah. No? No? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Come on, let me see it in the house. No? There goes my songwriting career. I, I thought this would be great. I'm a good person and I'm going to a better place. Now, friends... Whether you like that or whether I like that or this church likes that, I can tell you the overwhelming majority of people in Wakulla County believe that. That's what they believe. And, and I tell you, 
It, it is almost unbelievable what's happening in our culture. And the church is not doing much about it. The church is not having much of an impact that kind of straightens this devilish doctrine out. I, I can tell you that there are people in this county, year after year after year, I hear this stuff. And, and, and it just breaks my heart. There are people who never darken the doors of the church. They make no profession of religion or faith. They cuss like a sailor, drink like a fish, have the morals of a dog. And yet we go to their funeral service and we're told they're in a better place. Really? Listen, when the culture goes in the wrong direction, the church should address the culture. If for no other reason, because we love people, we care about people, and we don't want people to die and go to hell. So, I guess my song will not be a hit. And you know why? Because it doesn't line up with Scripture. And when something doesn't line up with the Bible, it is dangerous. It is extremely dangerous. Why? Because judgment day is coming and eternity hangs in the balance. And what could possibly be more important than your eternity? And I've been wanting to say this for a long time. So, so forgive me, it's kind of pent up. I've been wanting to say this. Listen, there is no such thing as a better place. No. No, friends, it doesn't exist. When you die, when I die, when anybody in this county dies, you're either going to heaven or you're going to another place. And it's not a better place. I, I want to be real forthright because you've been indoctrinated over and over and over and over by the society around you. I want to make sure you hear this. And that is, this applies to you, it applies to me, it applies to all of us. When you die... You are not going to a better place. You are not. When you die, there's only two places, heaven or hell. You're on your way to heaven or you're on your way to hell. There's no, there's no in between better place. And anyway, it's an insult to scripture, isn't it? To call, if, if you, if you dare call heaven a better place, that's an insult to the word of God. The apostle Paul said he was taken up into heaven. He was taken up into paradise. He said, I saw things that you can't even put in human terms. It was so glorious. Heaven's, heaven's not a better place. No. Listen, if heaven's a better place, then Walkala County must be heaven. And I love this county, but I'd be disappointed if this is heaven. <laughs> Wouldn't you? The house I live in must be heaven because it's better than the last place I lived in. And I got to tell you, this church surely must be heaven because it's better than any other place I've been. Listen, you're not going to a better place. 
through Jesus Christ, you will enter the kingdom of heaven, the glory of glories, the brilliant splendor, the magnificence, the radiance of heaven will be so overwhelming. You will hardly be able to believe it. Now, so much for my songwriting career. But this does lead me to ask you a question. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to think. I'm going to put two statements on the screen. And I want to know which one you think is closest to the truth. That's it. Which one is closest to the truth? Are you ready? All right. Here's the first one. Here it is. Good people go to heaven. Bad people go to hell. That's the first one. Here's the second one. Good people go to hell. Bad people go to heaven. Which one do you think is closest? Don't. All right. Well, you want to answer? Come on. Which one's closest to the truth? The second one. How many believe the second one? Hold your hand up. How many believe the first one? Hold your hand up. All right. A couple of you. Now. The, the first thing I want to point out is this. If the first one is true, then none of us are going to heaven. None of us. The Bible is pretty clear about this thing about being good. Listen, Romans 3, 10 through 12 says, as it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside together. They have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. Now, I mean, I'm sorry, but according to the Bible, there's not one good person in this church today. And it's echoed through the Bible. We don't have these up, but Psalms 14.3 says there's not one person on earth who does good. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says there is not one righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. They just don't exist. They're non-existent. Good people don't exist. You see, good people don't go to heaven because they don't exist. Jesus Cleared this up once and for all. Mark 10, 18. And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? Read it with me. No one is good except God alone. If you say Mother Teresa was good. Or Billy Graham was good. Or the Apostle Paul was good. Or some relative of yours was good. You would be wrong. They were not good. They were needy people who needed Christ and needed salvation like the rest of us. They were not good. Now, if you say they knew, loved, trusted, and served Jesus, now that's a different story. Now we're talking about something altogether different. You're not saying they were good. You're saying that they put their faith in the one who is good. And that's what you want. We put our faith in the one who is good. Now, here's the question. When I start talking like this, people will ask this question. Well, pastor, when we get saved, doesn't that turn us into good people? I'm sorry. 
But the answer is no. No, it doesn't turn us into good people. When we get saved, it turns us into saved people who should be striving to live for the glory of God. Hopefully and prayerfully, it'll turn us into better people. But it will never turn us into people who can walk around wearing the label good. You just can't do it. Now, you can create your own definition of good, but if you use the biblical definition of good, it won't work. You don't want to wear the label good. If you want to wear a label, wear this one. This would be a good t-shirt. Have you a t-shirt printed up? I'm not good. I put my faith in the one who is good. That'll work. Yeah. Has it made a difference? Has it changed me? Yes. But never to the point that you can wear the label good. So I'm sorry. Biblically speaking, the first one cannot be right. You can't say good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell. It's just not right. It's not true according to the word. Now, how about the second one? We'll pull it up again. Good people go to hell. Bad people go to heaven. Now, I don't like that. But we'll explore that just for a moment. Could that possibly be true? Could it be true that good people go to hell and bad people go to heaven? How in the world is that true? And if it is true, wouldn't that be one of the greatest paradoxes to be found in the Bible? Man, that's topsy-turvy. That's upside down. Good people go to hell. Bad people go to heaven. The scripture I want to read to you today sheds some light on this. And you may want to open your Bibles to Matthew 21. We'll begin reading in verse 28. Matthew 21, verse 28. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the priests, the spiritual leaders of that day. And I like the way it begins. Again, Matthew 21, 28 through 32. Jesus begins this way. What do you think? I'll tell you, friends, sometimes we just need to think. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. Now, there is so much in that passage of Scripture that we could deal with. But I want to just point out one thing. Listen up. When you read that, Jesus was speaking to the most revered, the most respected leaders of Israel. They were the best of the best. They were, worldly speaking, they were good. And Jesus looks at these people who are reigning high above everybody else when it comes to goodness. And this is what he says to them. 
He says the most dishonest people in all of Israel, the tax collectors, and the most immoral people in all of Israel, the prostitutes, they're going to go into the kingdom before you. Now, I don't think we have any idea how insulting that was. That would be like, Brother Bill, you speaking at a pastor's conference, and you telling those pastors, maybe thousands of them, I'm speaking prophetically now. Maybe you receive maybe thousands of those pastors. And you get up and say, I just want to tell you all those prostitutes out there, all those drug addicts, all those alcoholics, all those thieves, all those degenerates out there on the streets. They got a better chance of going to heaven than you guys. Brother Bill, do you think you'd get an invite back? The, you, might, you might have trouble getting out. <laughs> Jesus tells these most respected religious leaders of his day that, that the dishonest and the immoral people are going to go into the kingdom ahead of you. Wow. Wow. You know, I read this, and I understand on a worldly basis why they crucified him. Because he would not compromise the truth. Now, it, it appears to me, I don't know what you see in this passage of Scripture, but it appears to me that Jesus is saying to all these so-called good people, you're not going to make it. And he says to these bad people, you're going to make it. They're going in. Now, I'm glad it doesn't stop there. I'm glad there is an explanation, and it is in verse 32. This is the explanation. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after they saw this, after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. You see, friends, the only distinction, the only distinction that Jesus made between this so-called best of the best and worst of the worst, the only distinction he makes is this. Some heard the truth. Some received the truth. Some repented. And those are the ones who are going into heaven. Only those. Only those. Those are the ones going. Jesus was saying to them, these low lives that you've been looking down on, these people you see as bad, they're going into heaven and you're not. And the reason you're not going into heaven is because you refuse to do the one thing required to get into heaven. Believe the truth, repent, and turn to Jesus. It's that simple, isn't it? Now, I, I, I want to share this with you, friends. People who think they are good enough never believe and repent. They don't do it. You see, if you don't believe you're lost, you don't have the ability to repent. Because you just can't. You can't. I, I, I tell you, this is so in your face. 
And I want to tell you, I tremble at this. I guarantee if you speak to every other pastor in this church and every person who stands here, I tremble at this, that one day people who are sitting under the sound of my voice will miss heaven and spend eternity in hell because I softened it up. I love you too much for that. I want to tell you that you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And all the good works you've ever done won't get you into heaven. I have a, I was reading, uh, Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon's book on the power of prayer. And in his book, he says this. I'll read it to you. He says, I'll put a question or two to you. Do you believe yourself to be a sinner? Yes, you say. But supposing I put that word sinner away, do you mean that you believe you have broken God's law, that you are a good-for-nothing offender against God's government? Do you believe that you have in your heart at any rate broken all the commandments and that you deserve punishment accordingly? Yes, you say. I not only believe that, but I feel it. It is a burden that I carry around with me daily. Now, something more. Do you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ can put all this sin of yours away? Yes, I do believe that. Then can you trust him to save you? Yes, you say, I already do that. Well, my friend, if you really trust Jesus, it is certain that you are saved. For you have the only evidence of salvation that is continual with any of us. There are other evidences that follow afterwards, such as holiness and the graces of the Spirit. But the only evidence that is continual with the best of men living is this. Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to the cross I cling. I'm a poor sinner and nothing at all. But Jesus Christ is my all and all. You know what I love about that? I love that because it highlights this wonderful, blessed, holy truth. And that is that the only way of salvation is when a man realizes how lost he is, how undone he is, how separated from God he is. And and he comes to grips with his own lostness and he runs to the cross. He runs to the blood of Jesus. He puts his hope and faith in Christ and Christ alone. You've heard me quote it a hundred times in this church. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. I believe that song. In fact, I believe it's inspired. I believe it was inspired by the Holy Spirit because there's only one thing that matters. Are you holding on to standing on the truth that Jesus Christ is your only hope? He's your only way of salvation because everything else is sinking sand. Every The best you've ever done, the best you've ever been is just sinking sand. In fact, the Bible puts it in worse terms than that. The Bible says that your righteousness, that's your best goodness. Your righteousness is like stain, contaminated, filthy, bloody rags. We have nothing to offer. We have nothing to offer 
apart from Christ. When we stand before the Lord, you better know Jesus Christ. And, and, and God have mercy on your soul if you think you're good enough to get there. I, I want to say it this way, and then I want to show you a clip. I prefer to say it. I don't really like either one of those that I put up on the board. Here's what I like. Good and bad people go to hell. People who hear the truth, believe the truth, and repent go to heaven. Those are the people who go to heaven. People who hear, believe, and repent. And people who believe they're good enough will never make it. It just doesn't work that way. Hey, I've got a clip I want you to listen to. It's about, I think, three, three and a half minutes. Let me just set it up for you. And that is, there's this guy, and he's witnessing on the streets. And they've got a camera and a microphone. They're, he's witnessing on the streets. And he sees this big guy. And, I mean, he's big. He's big. He's tall. And he starts witnessing to him. And listen to what he says. I, I, think, I think you're going to love this. Let's play it. How tall are you? Six foot nine. Six foot nine. What's it like out there? Good? Yes. You yes, like being tall? I don't have no choice. Andre, <laughs> yeah. what do you think happens after someone dies? Do you think there's an afterlife? People get reincarnated or what? I believe, you know, if you're good people, you go to heaven. If you're bad, you go to hell. If you're a good person, you go to heaven? That's what I believe. Are you a good person? I believe so. How many lies have you told in your life? Uh, like most people, I told quite a bit lies. I tell a couple lies. Good what lies, bad lies. Why well, I said from Yeah, so what do you call someone who tells lies? You're a liar and it's a bad person. Have you ever stolen something? Uh, no. You just told me you're a liar. No. You haven't uh, stolen anything in your whole life? I remember when I was a kid, but before I confessed, I did it. After I confessed, I'm... So what do you call someone who tells lies? I mean, who steals things? What do you call someone who steals things? It's a bad person. A thief? Yeah, it is a bad person too. So you're not doing too well. Do you think you're going to go to heaven as a lying thief? Uh, I hope that I will go to heaven. Have you ever used God's name in vain? I have. It's called blasphemy. God lavished his goodness upon you, gave you life, and you used his name as a cuss word to express disgust. Very serious. Now, Jesus said if you look at a woman and lust after her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? Yes, I have. So, Andrew, by your own admission, you're a lying thief, a blasphemer, and an adulterer at heart, and that's only four of the Ten Commandments. Have you ever hated someone? Yes, I have. The Bible says, he who hates his brother is a murderer. So you're in big trouble, lying thief, blasphemer, adulterer at heart, and a murderer at heart. If God judges you by the Ten Commandments, we've looked at five of them, do you think you'd be innocent or guilty? I'd be guilty. Would you go to heaven or hell? I'd be going to hell now. Does that concern you? Uh, yes. Of course it should. It's your life we're talking about in your eternity. Now, Andrik, do you know what God did for you so you wouldn't have to go to hell? God did something wonderful for sinners. He gave his life for us, for everybody. Now, do, you understand, do you understand what happened? It was a legal transaction that took place? You're a criminal in God's sight. You've violated his moral law, the Ten Commandments. He's the judge of the universe. You are guilty. 2,000 years ago, Jesus stepped in and paid your fine in his life's blood. That means God can legally dismiss your case. He can forgive your sins. You can walk out of the courtroom because your fine was paid by Jesus 2,000 years ago through his death and resurrection. Now God can forgive your sins and grant you everlasting life. Do you realize that? Yes. Okay. There are two things you have to do to be saved. You must repent and trust in Jesus Christ alone. Repent and trust in Jesus Christ alone. So if you die today, you go to hell. There are two things you have to do to be saved. Do you remember what they are? Repent. 
And? I missed that one. Trust alone in Jesus Christ. Okay, when are you going to do that? I'm going to do it as soon as I can. Today? Yes. You really mean that? Yes. Because this is your eternal salvation. This is so important. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Can we pray when we turn the camera off? How tall are you? I don't know if you heard that, but he said, when we turn the camera off, can we pray together? And he said, yes. Now, I want to tell you, I love this guy on this, the screen. He had the world's theology. Had nothing to do with the Bible. I believe good people go to heaven and bad people go to hell. But when he heard the truth, his heart was tendered. He received the truth. And you can just see his whole countenance change through the whole experience. He heard the truth. He believed the truth. And he was ready to repent. I, I, I want to tell you, it's the same for all of us. It's the same for every one of us. We have to repent. Your goodness will not get you into heaven. And the main reason is because you don't have any goodness. I, I'm, I know that may sound insulting because we live in a world that, that's full of the world's psychology that keeps telling us how good we are. But I want to tell you, apart from God, we're corrupt. the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. It is desperately wicked. Who can know it? And I'm not saying everybody's on the same level, but I'm saying that we're all so far below God that we can't reach him. We can't. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I'm, ask, I'm asking you, the Lord's put this on my heart. I'm asking you, do you know beyond any shadow of a doubt that when you die, you'll go to heaven? Are you 100 percent? positive and does that assurance have nothing to do with you but does it have everything to do with the Christ the Savior the Messiah that you have put your hope faith and trust in will you bow with me in prayer I'm asking you to come to Christ with your heads bowed and your eyes closed I'm asking you to accept the fact that there's none good, no, not one. I'm asking you, is the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart? Do you know that you need Christ? Do you know that you need to believe and repent and trust Him as your Lord and Savior? I don't normally do this, but with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you know you need to repent and put your faith and trust in Christ to be your Savior, would you just slip your hand in the air so I can pray for you? All right. I see a number of hands. Anyone else? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Hands all over the house. The need to repent. Did you know? Did, listen to this. This is so important. Did you know that the Bible says it is the goodness of God that leads you to repentance? You can put your hands down. It's the goodness of God. The fact that you are aware right at this moment that you need to repent and put your faith in Jesus Christ is a gift from God. It's not just a sermon. It's the fact that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father who has sent me draw him. 
and I'll raise him up at the last day. I'm going to pray for you. Uh, every one of you, but especially those who raised your hands. And then we're going to go into an invitation. And I'm going to have Brother Bill and Brother Al and all the pastors up here. And if you need to receive Christ, if you need to just repent and call upon Jesus and say, my hope is on you and you alone. I'm putting my trust in you. I know I'm not good enough. I know I never will be good enough. I'm putting my trust in you. If you'll find your place here at the altar, we will pray with you. The Lord will save your soul. And I want to tell you, the Bible says these things have I, have I given unto you, preached unto you, that you might know that you have eternal life if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible puts it in the simplest of terms. For whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved. Would you just very reverently stand to your feet and keep your heads bowed. Father, in Jesus' name, bless right now. Go ahead and stand up with me, congregation. Bless right now. Father, I pray that souls will be saved and lives will be changed. I pray that this will be a day of salvation. I, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I thank you for the move of the Spirit. Bless those who raise their hands, Lord, to make this the day of decision, the day of salvation. You said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. I pray, Father, that people will find rest unto their souls this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for viewing this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need somebody to pray with you, please let us know. You can also call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to check out River of Life Live this Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.